Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. It's an absolute pleasure today to have uh, Phil Carr from my PT Hub onto the podcast today. So uh, anyone who doesn't know about Phil, he has a ghost around in the background. He runs the hugely successful uh, business, my PT Hub, which provides me with infrastructure to essentially run my business and help transform thousands of lives around the world. Uh, it's a very big operation that uh, has a very cool backstory. It's very inspiring. Hence why for me, like, it's very important to have Phil onto the podcast to talk about his journey, how he started and where he plans on going because his business is ultimately giving myself the opportunity and other trainers uh, the opportunity to basically help people transform their lives and be healthier and fitter uh, all over the world. So firstly, thank you very much, Phil, for that because otherwise I wouldn't have a living and uh, we'll still be in my corporate job. So thank you for that. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. No worries at all. Uh, so, anyone, so to give us a bit of an intro about yourself, Phil, then, and like how it all began, it's a fascinating story. Yeah, of course. Well, just to begin with, um, you know, it's, thank you so much for having me on the channel. It's a real pleasure to be here, and uh, it's it's also great to uh, to hear that your business is um, is growing from strength to strength. So, I'm I'm really good. I'm really pleased to hear that. But yeah, so so my name's Phil, and I set up a company called My PT Hub. For those of you who don't really know it, uh, I'll give you kind of a little bit of a, an intro to it. So we're, we're a personal training software, uh, a coaching software provider, enabling personal trainers, fitness professionals from anywhere in the world to be able to manage the relationships between themselves and their clients and have the ability to be able to, to grow that uh, online, face-to-face or through boot camps. So, uh, sorry, a little bit about me. Um, so I, I started uh, building websites roughly around about 15 years ago. And I've always been a bit of a tech geek, if you like, at heart. I've, um, I'll be, full disclosure now, I have, no, I have no links to the fitness industry in any way, <laughs> shape or form. <laughs> Literally the, uh, the only... It's probably a good I, thing though. I, I guess so, to a certain degree. We, you look at everything but, objectively. Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. But then again, as well, as I see an awful lot of people like yourself who come into the office who are in a hell of a lot better condition than we are or I am, (laughs) I think, oh, great, you know, uh, but anyway, but uh, you know, we're not doing, we're not doing too badly if you like, but yeah, as I say, I I come from a, uh, a very technical background uh, and uh, it's all about more of an online digital marketing kind of perspective things. Cool. And, and how did it all sort of initially began for you, Phil? Because I think the, the backstory of everything is quite interesting, like where, where, where you first got the idea from and how it all came about from there. Yeah, sure. So I used to see a number of friends of mine who would walk around the gym with clipboards. In fact, actually, I had a, a very good friend of mine who now actually works directly in the business who was my personal trainer. And he used to give me, used to give me my weekly workouts on a on a piece of paper and then he would send things over by a spreadsheet or pdf is that lewis by any chance it is yeah it is lewis it's <laughs> um he's he's still in the company now a major asset for us uh, but he yeah so he used to pt me years and years and years ago and and so he just used to send this over to me and then i would when i would go to the gym working out on my own i would i would watch i would watch him and several other people doing basically the same sort of thing, which is, you know, just sending out PDFs or giving people pieces of paper. So then when they next came back into the gym, they'd go rummage around in their gym bag for their piece of paper, trying to go, what did I do last week or what am I supposed to do? Or, or actually even kind of walk up to a fitness instructor in the gym and just say, how am I supposed to use this piece of equipment that's here? And it was just, 
it was it was an administration nightmare. I just used to think that surely there's got to be a better way of being able to do this. So in January of 2015, I decided to go, actually, do you know what? Let's let's create something. Let's create an online platform that you can use from any mobile device. You can use uh, through your laptop, through your PC, whatever is it you want to be able to do. And I guess unlike the traditional Silicon Valley startup of uh, going and getting millions and millions of pounds worth of funding, I decided to do it in my grandma's spare bedroom. So, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> so I did the very British approach to it, if you like. So uh, a number of our US customers always find that quite funny. <laughs> but, it's, uh, but no, yeah, it's, I literally started it in the, uh, the room above my grandma's garage, uh, which was, it, it, funny enough, it's still in, the same, uh, still in the same area of the country that we're in now. But uh, it's, yeah, so it all started there with uh, just me, my laptop, and writing the first line of code, if you like. And like from that process, do you have a vision of where you plan to go with it or did it just sort of escalate from there almost? So I, so the vision to begin with was, what well, it's actually, this brings on to a, a different point really, which is a lot of the years of experience that I had in the, you know, in the tech world I had a million and one ideas about what I wanted to do and where I could see the app going. But it was really important in order to be able to get the first version off the ground, I knew that I needed to keep it as streamlined or as simple as I possibly could. So the very, very first version of my PT Hub, if you look back now, got it, I'd be really embarrassed if, I, you know, if, if we, uh, if we uh, kind of unearthed that one, if you like. But the very, very first version, the only things that you could do was you could add a client and you could assign them a workout. That's, that's literally all you could do. And it was specifically designed to tackle the, the problem of face-to-face PT when you're in the gym, which was client comes in, they want to do some PT with you, you add them to the software, and you send them their workout, and then they can log their workout. And that was it. So it's kind of known as the MVP, which is sort of a minimal viable product, really. So it was, it was a case of going... The great thing about technology and the web is that it, something's never finished. It's, it's, it's always evolving. It's always changing. You can constantly manipulate things and, and grow and make it so much more sophisticated. But the problem that a lot of people get caught up on is knowing what the first version needs to be. And nine times out of ten, it just it, something really, really simple can be the first version. And then you can kind of grow from there, really. But I, so I always knew that I wanted to grow and expand it, and there's so many different areas that which that we could you know that we could grow into. But I guess the first version was you know was keeping it simple and, and getting it out into the market and seeing actually whether anyone actually even wanted to use this. Uh, turns out they did, which is good. But um, I think um, so like a lot of people when they start new projects, like I, I work with a lot of creative people and. It's very interesting their mindset. They're such perfectionists with things. So they'll like say, for example, you talked then about like creating the app, and you said like keep it fairly basic so you can at least get started and see where to go from there. Is like I know a lot of people they try to overcomplicate stuff so much at the start that they can they can never get a project off the ground because it's so complex and they're trying to create this monster like like machine before they've even started. It's exactly to be honest with you that analogy can kind of be taken for an awful lot of areas, uh, not just in digital, but the all walks of kind of business life, if you, if, if, you, if you like. You know, just for example, some of the partnerships that we do with everything from Simspur, with the gym group, with Pure Gym, that we have got a million and one ideas that we could do of how we could work with these guys. But to begin with, it's just like, actually, well, let's just, let's just start working together. Let's just start something. 
whether that's we'll share each other's logos on the website to begin with cool right we've done that but now we'll give you a discount for something and we just kind of evolve it from there because otherwise if you kind of always start to cram everything into it then you, you will literally you'll be there all the time but but i guess the other way of being able to look at it and flip this around is that by not introducing all of the features that you want to be able to do to begin with, it, it gives you an arsenal, it gives you features in your utility belt so that later on down the line, you can go, right, now's the time to introduce more messages. Now's the time to introduce payments. Now's the time to introduce calendar. So your customers are looking and thinking, wow, look at all these new features that are coming out. Whereas you're, you're sitting there going, well, we actually have been developing that for six, seven months, but we decided not to release it now because it wasn't quite the right time. No, hundred percent. Now, obviously things have escalated pretty quickly from there. Was there sort of a real breakthrough moment for you where um, you started to obviously, if you, I imagine first hiring people was probably a, a big step for you. Yeah, it was, it was, um, so our, my grand's bedroom actually got up to a grand total of three people. <laughs> which was, uh, <laughs> which was, uh, was making a lot of tea. Well, to be fair, we were making my nan a lot of tea. Actually, <laughs> we were definitely raiding her biscuit barrel, though. So that was that was one of them. Um, but no, so we yeah, so we got up to three people uh, working there, and then when we took on our fourth employee, was when we decided to you know now's now's the right time to be moving out. So I think over the last five years, we've moved offices. I think it's roughly around about four or five times now. Um, and it was in the summer of this year that we actually moved into the way where you came down for the keynote um, yeah. a month or so ago. Yeah, it took us around about eight or nine months actually to renovate the office that, that you saw when you popped down last time. So it's um, it's grown up. It's quite significantly now. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of people, and we're actually in the process of uh, hiring another four or five at the moment. Actually, so yeah, I, I can't complain. Things are scaling very quickly then. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it is. It's, it's going really well. Um, but going kind of back to your earlier point, really, which was around, was there a pivotal moment? And if I think back, I would say that it was probably around Q4 2018, so kind of November, December sort of time for us. So I'm talking Q4 in terms of, you know, and calendar year side yeah. of things. So it was November, December time uh, that, was a was a real big was a big time for us, and that was when we introduced a version two. I think it is the soft, the version of the software that we have just uh, we you know we just kind of uh, moved out, if you like. It was that version, and part of that, the big feature that we introduced was the ability to hook into your Stripe account to be able to do online payments. That was the point that we saw things really started to grow because that was the catalyst for people being able to do online person training. So suddenly you're in a position of you going, wow, I can actually take payments from anyone anywhere in the world and deliver workouts to them straight away. So yeah, so that was, I think that was the, that was the big turning point for us. Awesome. Awesome. And in terms of like starting your own business and something growing so quickly, I imagine that was a fairly like doing a similar sort of thing in myself and obviously it's like a different sector. It can be quite a um, scary thought process. And sometimes where you think maybe you're growing too quickly, did you ever get any of those sort of points, points where you got a bit anxious and you just sort of had to go a bit of like um, blinkered to it and just keep your head down if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I definitely feel for that. Sometimes a lot of people think that growing quickly is, is a great thing, but it, it's, 
it sure as hell comes with a lot of its problems and a lot of its drawbacks. Uh, not just you know from the ability to be able to hire people quick enough, but simply just because of the level of demand which is required upon you as a company. And I think actually looking back, we one of the big things is that we noticed when we started to operate and work with a lot of the large chain gyms across the UK and the US was when um, you know it was a certain, it was a different type of customer is that we were starting to deal with. You know, up to date, we'd you know we'd worked with individual PTs that were working with their clients, but now suddenly we've got the likes of Virgin Active, um, yes, yeah, say Pure Gym, Gym Group, a number of other gym chains that are now knocking at the door, wanting to use our services and, and integrate with us. You know, suddenly we're in a position of where we've got to go from what felt like a you know a young adolescence style business to actually something we've got to operate a lot more grown up. You think, know, yeah, oh, actually, a you know, real so, business, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've actually now got to start thinking of these sorts of things because these sorts of companies expect this from us. And it's kind of one of those classic things of where you're in a meeting with, with them and nodding your head going, yeah, yeah, of course we can do all that. And you get out and you think, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what have I signed myself up to? But, uh, it, it, but it's, yeah, so I, I would definitely say that there's been moments of where we thought, okay, wow, like this is what's going on here. A lot of this is, this is changing, but uh, I guess we, uh, I guess we're quite. Full. I guess we're like cats in a way that you know we always seem to end up lending on our feet. It's one of those things. It's funny. Like a lot of people say, I'm very similar in respect. I end up just, I come up with these ideas and I'll just wing it and just work out as you go along. And I think that's the way, the way it has to be done. Like essentially, because there's never necessarily a straightforward. No. From point A to point B in life, you just have well, to just work it? out as you go along. Well, isn't it funny? Isn't it? The harder you work, the luckier you become. I love that saying. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, going back to one of the points that is that you mentioned earlier, um, I can't remember his name now at the top of my head, but he was one of the guys who originally invested and founded LinkedIn. One of the interesting quotes that he said was the, if you're not embarrassed of your first product, you launch too late. It's just so, it's just so true. You know, it's, it's, you've just got to, to realize that actually what you're creating now and what you're doing is never perfect and it never will be. And just constantly evolving it and making it better is is better than not doing anything at all. Exactly, I mean, it's one of those, in particular with like anything technology based. The same with my websites and social media or anything like that. Like I, I could just never ending. You can keep tweaking things, pulling things apart, and improving them. And in particular, obviously, with what you do with developing app systems and software, you're always trying to innovate and think of new features and try and uh, keep leveling up. I guess. Yeah, exactly that. And it, kind of going on that point, actually, I think if our development team saw the list of features it is that I'd like to do, uh, <laughs> I think they'd probably be quite, I kind of, I branch them off in sections of 10 to give them to them. Not scared <laughs> of No, no, exactly. I, yeah, I still need them to work here. <laughs> I, I imagine like, you, I think you're a very similar personality to me, wherein I have the ability to come up with really good concepts and ideas, but sometimes I need the right team of people around me to bring them into reality, if that makes sense. Because I think everyone's got like a different skill set, whereas I'm not necessarily like a creative, but I can come up with a concept or something and I just need someone to polish it off, if that makes sense. Oh, very much so. I think if anyone thinks that they can run a business on themselves is probably quite naive. Yeah. Um, and I, there's, been, there's never been a moment with, you know, even with my PT Hub or any other businesses that I'm involved in that it's me on my own doing anything. And if I was to do that, if I was to say that, it would be a complete lie. Uh, and I think that what you're kind of doing is playing that traditional role of, you know, that center figure of the kingpin that sits in the middle. And actually as, as running a business, it's your duty to kind of be a jack of all trades and understand what's going on across the field. 
and then collectively make that decision to come back. You know, if you're thinking, oh, this is a cool ad campaign that I'd like to be able to do, you can set out your vision for it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go away and create the content or you're going to, you know, create the logos and the designs and all of those sorts of things for it. You might have somebody else who, who's better at doing that. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, it's because I guess by proxy, you benefit from that too. 100%. I think it's one of those things is being like, I think business ultimately is about being self-aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then like double down on whatever you're phenomenally good at and whatever you're not good at, delegate and get someone else who's world-class to do that. And then you're laughing essentially. Exactly. That's what Steve Jobs used to say, didn't he? Uh, with a, I'm not, I don't mean to kind of like pick out all the quote side of things, but <laughs> he, was, he, he always just used to say, didn't he? He's like, why would you employ someone that you're better than? Yeah. You know, always employ somebody that's better than you because you don't need another you in the company. No, hundred percent. I'm saying, I think like the majority of it, success comes down to building teams and like support around you. And that's obviously mm-hmm. something you've done phenomenally well with, I think obviously like Lewis, for example, an interesting backstory. Uh, I actually know Lewis from, we did our personal training qualification. Yeah. yeah. He's, which, he's uh, mentioned that on a few occasions, <laughs> which is like a, like a really, really bizarre, like law of attraction thing about how things come back around. We were both like 18 at the time and now we're, what, we're 20, like 11 years 12 years on um it's really really bizarre the way things work out in the end but um it's a funny world with things like that i guess it, it is it's a, it's a small world isn't it and it's interesting how everybody just seems to know each other and it all kind of connects back up but it's uh well it's good to know that that friendship hasn't lost because of us <laughs> no, no, at, at least it's still you know the fire is still burning burning strong no 100 and he, he's helped me out a lot of, a lot of the times so there's a lot of your guys have your team there so they're incredible i can't thank them enough for all their support with everything good, um, good. That, that's good to know like in terms of obviously you and your, your team there at the moment you've got any tips for anyone there like a lot of my listeners like run their own businesses and things like that is there anything that you say you've learned along the way when it comes to building teams because obviously you've got like a couple of different teams within your office and how you manage to like develop that because that that by no means is an easy thing to to achieve and also like you have a really nice atmosphere there which i previously come from a corporate background so when i walk into somewhere like i can tell when people are happy or if they're not if that makes sense yeah so it's interesting one isn't it if you guess if you look at company culture as in a sense because what actually is that and kind of the way i view it is that a company culture is just a shared value of just everybody that's in it that just happens just to make up the company culture and i guess um from for me and the outset and the kind of the attitudes is that I wanted was I, I wanted people that were, that were, that were keen and that were hungry to want to be able to work at the same time as it was also important and to understand and respect the fact is that these people also had lies themselves. Because I think, it, I think when a company takes the attitude that it's, that, you know, that you are their life and you take over that, but that's when it starts to become a proper problem. And that's when it's, you know, it's, it's, risk, it's kind of like weighing up the elements of when I ask you to do something or I'd like you to be able to do something, they do something, but then also the company then give, kind of gives back to that. So, you know, there'll be, a certain, there'll be a couple of occasions of where some of our developers may have to jump on something on a Sunday afternoon. If that's the case, then their line manager instantly adds, you know, extra half day worth of loo into them and may give them sort of, you know, a 50 pound or hundred Amazon voucher or something yeah. like that or say, you know, Hey, you worked the Sunday afternoon. That's great. Thanks for doing that. Don't bother coming in until one o'clock on Monday, you know, get yeah. some extra time in bed. It's, it's a case of looking at it from, from that point, but really from a, from a, you know, a, a company work ethic perspective is 
we don't we don't monitor by time we monitor by output yeah so if you're somebody that wants to work at 3 a.m and you find that you get your time done really well at 3 a.m then why am i why am i to stop you from wanting to be able to do that sure there are definitely times of when it is that we need everybody to be in the same place at the same time for example some of the support guys right is you know if yeah. they're dealing with customers all across the world then we need them to be available at certain times but you know with that doesn't necessarily correlate over to the development team because the development team might want to roll in at 10 10 30 in the morning because they were up to midnight coding so it's just making sure that everybody is dealt with in their own, you know, kind of like, you know, individual ways, which I appreciate becomes harder as the company grows. But I think if you can kind of ingrain those from an early, from a, you know, from an early outset, then you're probably set as you, as the company builds. And that makes complete logical sense. Cause I, even like myself, for example, I'm much more of a morning person. I work better first thing in the morning rather than like as the day goes on, I struggle to concentrate with anything. It's a complex task. Um, where did, where did you get that idea of that sort of culture from out of interest? Is that from somewhere you worked before or like, because from my, my little knowledge, I've seen a lot of that in like the Scandinavian culture. They tend to be quite flexible, mm-hmm. things like that, and quite forward thinking. Yeah, so I, I did a little bit of work over in Scandinavia in a company that I used to work with uh, many moons ago. But I guess it didn't really come from anywhere specifically. It more just came from the basis of just, I guess just treating people as if how it is that I would want to be treated. You know, if I, if I, if I'm getting something delivered at a certain time or if it makes more sense for me just to be able to work from home on certain days, then why are we adding in process for the sake of adding in process Mm -hmm. when people don't leave companies, they leave people. And so if they know that the, if they know the companies that they work within is a great group of people, then, I'm going to hire the best talent and I'm going to find it and they're going to want to deliver and do the best work they possibly can. So I just, I, I don't, I don't get some of these additional processes that are put in place because it's just, you just think, well, what are you trying to achieve here? Are you trying to achieve some sort of egotistical tick boxing exercise of where you've got your employees in the office and look at me, or are you trying to benefit from the fact is that I've got a better product than you, but what is it that you're trying to get out of it? Yeah, it's almost like they try intentionally to make their employees' lives difficult as a challenge. Yeah, exactly. I guess kind of coming back to you know your your example really is that you know from conversations that we've had of where you know you don't have to be sitting in one physical location all the time to be able to achieve what you want to be able to do. No. So I guess you know with you guys and building your business and having people that work for you, that might be something that your that your employees and your team might be able to work well with is if you know if they want to go on holiday or they want to go away for a week and they've got their laptop presumably that might work well for you guys too right yeah 100 that's one of those things like everyone who works for me at the moment like i've only got a small team compared to yours but they know like ultimately i don't i don't care when when anyone does anything the same as you as long as it gets done and that mm-hmm. box gets ticked sufficiently then that's all that matters and it's the same with myself like my schedule's all over the show but like everything gets done it doesn't mean it has to, it has to be overly structured or regimented as to like everything needs to be done by nine o'clock on a Monday or whatever sort of time scale. As long as everything gets done and it's effective for everyone involved, then that ultimately is all that needs to be done rather than trying to be too rigid for the sake of it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are definitely areas of where we do have process. So um, I mean, we might be going slightly off on a tangent here, but I'll give you, for example, stuff with our development team. Yes, they might have flexibility around their hours and what it is that they work. 
but we are pretty regimented in terms of when certain features or bug fixes or enhancements or whatever it is that we want to be able to do is set of when it is that we want to be able to release that. Yeah. Because, because what it does is it has a knock-on effect to the rest of the business, which is if we're releasing a new feature, then the marketing team needs to be able to know about it. When is it going to be available for? When, when do we want to get beta testers in to be able to look at it? What, is there going to be any kind of like video promotion that's going to go on at the same time? Okay, cool. Well, if that's the case, then we need to be given three months notice to be able to make sure we can get the video content put into place. So it's, it, there's definitely a knock-on effect into other departments and other people in the business. So having you know, those things set make a big difference. And it also helps people to kind of, you know, with their mini goals and motivations to be able to know that they're working towards something. But, you know, how how you deliver that and how you get to those, you know, to those particular goals, I think, you know, is is where you can be uh, a lot less traditional. 100% agree. I agree with that completely. Now, to sort of uh, bring, wrap things up to a degree, in terms of obviously my PC Hub in the future, where like technology is improving at a very rapid rate and like, obviously things like Amazon Alexa coming in, a lot of voice control. What do you see the, the future of uh, fitness and technology? Oh, this is the big question. one. This is the big one now, isn't it? Put you on the so, spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the development team. Uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so where, where do I see it going? So I think that it's very clear uh, just simply from the big players in the market, the, you know, the, the apples of this world and, with Google just purchasing Fitbit, that the movement towards uh, fitness being more of a three list, 360 kind of holistic approach towards things is, is definitely the way that they're going. Not just with you know, the hardware that they have, but the APIs that they're opening up for where you know, anonymous data can be sent directly back through to Apple, which can help to potentially, in the greater scheme of things, cure diseases or help to try and cure diseases in particular ways. But I think in terms of looking at fitness as itself, I definitely think that these particular trackers and technology in a way is trying to look at it from much more of a 360 perspective. Yeah. So in the eyes of where that would look from my PT hubs, you know, from, from our point is that we would look to say, okay, so we are just one, one piece of this big jigsaw we want to be able to do. So we need to be able to integrate with Apple. We need to integrate with all of these different hardware providers but instead of just integrating with these particular players, what we need to do is we need to be able to take that data, turn it into information, and to spit out the knowledge from the other side. And But give each individual area of the fitness industry or its own silo, if you like, a 360 view of what's going on in their particular world. So, um, yeah, to me, it's the, it, it, the direction that it's going in is, as I say, more of a 360 approach. It's utilizing... Um, hardware devices, i.e., you know, looking at machine learning and AI through that particular perspective. But I think it's less the removal of people, actually. Yep. So I don't think that personal trainers and things like that are have anything to worry about from that perspective, because I still think that human interaction is extremely important from that. But I think that utilizing technology in a way to be able to give you guys the more more data and a more 360 approach towards what's actually going on means that you would be able to prescribe and you know help help people in a, in a much better way i percent agree with that and i think like there's a couple of things that are very interesting which are um going on in terms of like say from the technology point of view so i don't know if you heard of like an aura ring which basically tracks your like hrv and like steps and these sort of health markers 
what's what's more fascinating is that all these devices are collecting so much data constantly that they, the accuracy that like all these big companies and healthcare providers now have in terms of they're getting all this data coming in constantly, so much more so than they had before, will help with trying to find cures for diseases or patterns in anything uh, which necessarily wouldn't have been available 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't mean to drop any names of this certain things, but I was actually up in London about six or seven months ago. I, was, I don't know, somehow, somehow I managed to find myself at this dinner with the, um, with the health secretary. And <laughs> we, actually, we kind of actually got onto this subject of where the, the, even the NHS are now starting to realise that actually utilising technology in a way to look at it from more of a prevent, investing more money in prevention yeah. means that they can save an awful lot of money on the other side of things. So this is exactly what you mentioned a second ago with using different hardware providers or different forms of technology to pick up on, not just this is what my heart rate is, but actually this is what my blood sugar levels are saying. This is actually what my genetic code is doing. And, and all of these sorts of things, of, if you can take that data and make you know, something meaningful off the back of it, then you know, we're all going to benefit from, uh, from doing that. No, I hope to agree with that. 100% completely. Now, uh, to wrap things up, Phil, how's the best for anyone to get in touch with you guys at MyPT Hub if they're interested in your software systems or to learn a bit more about you guys? Yeah, sure. So uh, just go to myptHub.net. You can Google it if you want. Um, hopefully we appear by now. We should be <laughs> um, how, many, how many clients and trainers have you got around the world now? Because this is quite a scary number. So I think we just tipped over 81,000 trainers and we've got about 2.2 million end clients. That's on monthly numbers as well. Um, and we acquire a new user on the platform roughly every two minutes at the moment. So it's, and that's growing quite, quite rapidly. I bet that makes you feel quite, um, proud. Like when you, when you hear those sort of numbers, cause that, that literally is mind boggling. I think 2.2 million users. It, it, it is. I think if you were to put 2.2 million people in a, well, in a car park, if you like, <laughs> and looked at it and you went all of these, I tell you what is actually more, it's not looking at the 2.2 million. It's actually when you walk into a gym that you've never been in before and you see people using it, that's the bit which becomes weird. Um, and actually the guy who does all of our video demonstrations on all of our exercises, um, there's a guy called Harry. He, uh, he, he finds it weird when people walk into a gym and recognize him because he's on, he's been on the videos on their phones, which is, which is quite funny. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine he's a famous guy. He's been seen by 2.2 million people over and yeah, over. So. Exactly that. Exactly that. 100. So, um, thank you so much for the um, the, the conversation, Phil. I think it'll be truly inspiring for a lot of people. And it's interesting to have uh, hear some of the background on you guys and how everything was set up. And it'll be excited to see where you go in the next few years. So I'm sure it's going to um, keep exploding as as you guys are growing so rapidly and as my own business as well. So, again, thank you for you creating such an amazing system as again allowed me to help like thousands of people and then the other 81,000 trainers around the world to do the same as well. So uh, onwards you're, and upwards, be excited to see what goes from there. You're very welcome. Actually, there's one thing I just literally want to add in on there that I, this is going to be a bit spooky for you. So um, one of our actors that was in one of our latest marketing promotion yeah. videos, um, I actually found out that he got in, the, in his shape for our video because he followed your program, which was using Same. our app. Uh, it's, um, Wayne, Wayne Edge, let me guess. Uh, I'm not on Instagram. I, can't, I, I, I came off Instagram about a month ago, so I can't see it. But 
I'll find it and I'll send it to you off, off the you know off the podcast. But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Or, or if you're listening and that's you, send me a message. Yeah, exactly. I just thought this is that, this that's is really real. One hundred percent. Send me that. I'd appreciate that. So, thank you so much, Phil. Pleasure for the chat. No worries, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks.